Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of 80s Wrestling Radio. This is Tommy Fierro, joined with my buddy Jumpin' Jay. Jay, what's going on today, man? Tommy, how are you doing? What a week, man. I've been looking forward to, to tonight all week long. We have got a great show lined up. Oh, yeah. We have a great show tonight from the Killer Bees, one of my favorite tag teams as a kid. B. Brian Blair is going to be joining us just in a moment, and we're going to talk 80s tag team wrestling with uh, Brian and, and some other things I want to talk about too with him. He talked to him uh, through uh, Twitter. Uh, as you know, he's a gigantic part of the Cauliflower Alley Club as well. So we're going to talk to him momentarily and talk a little 80s wrestling with him. And then later on in the show tonight, we have someone I'm really looking forward to talking to is John Arezzi, who was the originator of doing wrestling fan conventions in the, the early 90s and also had a very, very popular wrestling radio show in New York. So we're going to talk to John later, too, and John has a big announcement to make, so I'm looking forward to having him. But without any further ado, we're going to bring our guest on now. Callers out there, listeners, if you want to listen to, uh, if you want to call in and, and talk to Brian and talk 80s wrestling and 80s tag team wrestling with uh, one of the masters of it, our call number is 323-927-2953. Jay, again, that number once again. It's 323-927-2953. Yeah, Jay, why don't you uh, introduce our, our guest now? Well, this, this is a man who, as soon as I found out who's going to be on today's show, I, I couldn't sleep all week, man. I'm excited. I'm literally sitting here, and I have his LJN figure right next to the computer as I prep for this talk, and I've just been looking at uh, YouTube video after YouTube video. This man has had just an amazing career. Uh, he's been all over the place, and he is tied to some of the, the legends of the sport. Uh, without further ado, let's bring him on so our callers can get to know him. Mr. B. Brian Blair, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Brother Jay. Tony, I'm going to tell you something. I am so happy to be on your show. You know, the hive's still alive. We're still buzzing, and we're still having a good time. Jumping Jim and I are all over the place. <laughs> and it's just great to be on uh this wonderful show. Um, we've been looking forward to it for, or I'm sorry, Jim couldn't make it, but I've been looking forward to it for quite a while now. So anyway, um, I know you guys got a lot of questions and I've got a lot of answers. <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know, Brian, I'm actually going to start you off with a, uh, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to start off with a little name game tonight on 80s wrestling radio. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to kick it right off with a little, little 80s name game. I'm going to throw some tag team names at you, WWF tag team names from the 80s, and just either a couple words or a sentence, the first thing that comes to mind when when you hear these names. Like I said, either a couple words, a sentence, whatever. Uh, First team, the Bushwhackers. Greatest gimmick since the 70s. (laughs) The Heart Foundation. Perhaps the greatest opponents ever. Hey, do you know, you know, uh, just off topic real quick, you know that Bret Hart, I'm sure you do. Not perhaps, I would say, I would say absolutely day in and day out. There were people we had great tag team matches with, but nobody liked the Hart Foundation. Yeah, I I was going to say, Bret Hart actually in his book uh, wrote that his favorite tag team opponents were the Killer Bees. It was in his book, so he 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 thinks the same of you guys. And another team name that I'm interested in hearing what you have to say on Axe and Smash Demolition. 
lot of potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Warlord and barbarian, the powers of pain. Even more potatoes, but both of those guys, the utmost, all of those guys, all four of them, the greatest, the utmost respect. I mean, um, I know you're doing your your show here, and I don't know who's going to win the trivia. Maybe me. Go ahead. <laughs> how about how about this next one? Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, WrestleMania three opponents. How many words do I get again? <laughs> for for this one, as many as you'd like. Ah, well, you know, Daddy. Um. Cheeky baby. Uh, golly, I can talk about Cheeky Baby and my good buddy JVD. That's what he called Junkyard Dog. Smoking crack on our first trip to Australia. Brunzel's on one side, I'm on the other. Crazy story, but let me go to your um, question. I, I rather hear the story. Sheik, Sheik and Volkov could get more heat than any team in that 80s tag team, 80s, uh, early 90s tag team era because of, you know, the gimmicks. Obviously, <laughs> you know, I ran. Sure. Uh, Nik- Nikolai, God bless him. I, lo- I, I sure miss Nikolai so much. But she got pissed off at me when I stretched him in Hershey. And that's what caused all that heat. Just so you know, real quick. But uh, anyway, um, um, the uh, guys could get so much heat, but you couldn't make a comeback on them because it, it was like a sh- total 100% shoot. You had to lift the sheik up, bust your, you know, hernia style. Um, and Nikolai would take a bump. But if you gave him a clothesline, it was four stages. The knee, you know, I mean, the uh, the butt, the elbow, then the back, you know, I mean, the, the air flight should be first, you know, instead of hitting going right to the back, it was like, and then you had to lift them up. You cannot do that as a baby face and make a comeback. The heel has to feed you. If the heel doesn't feed you, you cannot have a good match. Here's a couple other teams that I want to throw at you. That, uh, I'm curious what you think of these two teams. Young Stallions and the Conquistadors. Oh, great, 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 great opponents. So underrated. So underrated. Both teams. Both, both teams. Um, both teams. I mean, very underrated. I mean, oh, I mean... Uh, what do I want to I say? I mean, but I want to tell you what I mean. Um, the conquistadors had the Latin flair, and we we're basically going into uh, the Latino areas at the time that could have been used a little better. Uh, we could have done the mass confusion with them and had a for a longer time. Although we, we I think we did a few round, um, you know, we went around town, so to speak couple times with them and um and they helped us out and but they could have been you know bigger stars and then you look at you know Jimmy Powers and um help me out here I'm having a senior moment it, um Paul Roma young stars. Paul Roma oh god Paul I'm sorry Paul um my my dog was scratching my ankle. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, those guys were built like, um, I mean, I'm a heterosexual. Those were two handsome son of a guns, and they looked good, and they could work good together. I know there was some kind of internal, if you don't have chemistry with you and your partner, I don't think their chemistry was 100%, and I'm not going to blame anybody because I don't know. Um, but they could have been wonderful. I mean, they could have been top draws. Yeah, I agree. For, I, I for the tag team, that. I mean, tag team, the tag team, the whole tag team, um, the, the whole idea when when Vince developed the the uh, strong 
um, tag team. Help me out with the third word here. Um, they wanted the tag teams to feed the main event. They wanted the tag team. Vince wanted the tag teams to actually be like the girls are now. You know, they wanted to have a um, um, maybe not quite the man in the girls' tag team, but Miss <laughs> uh, Lynch. But anyway, um, they they really wanted the tag teams to obviously be a big part of their entire um, business model with the, obviously the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, everybody feeds Hulkster mentality. But, um, and Vince did a tremendous job of that in the eighties and nineties, but they let it go. And I think, um, they could really bring that back strongly. It would be, I think that would be something that the audience would like. I really think that's something that they would like. And it's all about pleasing the fans. You know, you want the fans to have the utmost experience they can possibly have, because let me tell you something, making 30 bucks and or spending $30 and you got a family of four or $20 and, you know, spending a hundred or $150 to take your family to go see wrestling. I mean, it's something that, um, something that, um, it, it, it's a sacrifice for, for the fans, but they love it. So everybody's got to give them a hundred percent. And I just see so many things now that you could go back to old school and teach the newer guys how to slow down a little bit, how to tell more of a story. I think, I think the fans would like that more. And, and obviously female wrestling, um, the diva thing has gotten huge and obvious <laughs> it's for, you know, um, uh, really simple reasons. So with that said, Hey Brian, you know what I want to, you know what I to actually mention to you? I was to what you're saying, you're right. It was so different back in the '80s. Tag team wrestling was actually an attraction. I remember, uh, you know, as a kid going there, and then you know, Howard Finkel would say the following contest is a tag team match, and the place would erupt. And then, you know, if you did Hogan coming back with someone in the tag match against, you know, two of the hills, just you know, tag team wrestling in the '80s was such a a huge focus, such a big deal, like you said. And there were so many great. Uh, teams like like all the guys we just mentioned and, and it is so different now than it is back then do you feel that way like tag team wrestling was like a featured attraction on the card back then in the 80s i mean that's the way i was oh, absolutely absolutely uh and jay tommy you, you guys just gave me a great uh memory and i'm gonna share it with you and your audience um howard finkel who i was my favorite and one of my well Absolutely in my top two favorite announcers, and I mean ring announcers. And um, we were in Madison Square Garden. We were um, wrestling Brutus Beefcake and um, Greg Valentine. And I'm sure this is either on um, Vince's uh, uh, network, the WWE network, or it's on YouTube. But um, I'll, I'll never forget the, you know, everybody plays a part and it's amazing how I learned what a part that the timekeeper, uh, plays because we're in Madison square garden sold out. We are having one of the, I mean, I know what a good match feels like. Cause I wrestled in Madison square garden many, 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 many times. I mean, I don't know how many, way more than 20, maybe way more than 35. I, I, I don't know right now, but I don't want to lie, so I want to tell you the truth. So uh, I know way more than 20. But um, the feeling's amazing, and we were having such a wonderful match, and Howard Finkel announces, I mean, he the, the like you just said, Jay, the, the place erupted. So we're you know, uh, going through and we've got a tremendous finish set up and we're going over 
uh, Bunzi and I are going over. We're having a great match, and we had done a Broadway or a time limit 20 minutes earlier. I mean, uh, a day earlier, a 20-minute Broadway in uh, Nassau uh, Coliseum. And so the same timekeeper kept time there and went to Madison Square Garden. I'll mention his name. And as I got the hot tag from Brunzel, the entire sold-out 23,000 Madison Square Garden wonderful wrestling fans stood up and erupted, and all of a sudden the timekeeper started ringing the bell because he thought it he was, I don't know, he'd lost his train of thought. And it's so important that every person from the timekeeper, from every everybody plays such an important role. And when he did this, he, you know, the people didn't know what to think, and it ruined the whole thing. I mean, it ruined the entire, not that, it, I mean, it was like, 20% of the 100% that we were getting ready to have and um, uh, I tell you what the first fan that calls in and can name that timekeeper I'll send you something from the Killer B store you pick it out and I'll send it to you there you go call in at 323-927-927 Two nine five three again. That's three two three nine two seven two nine five three. We're on with B Brian Blair, one half of the eighties WWF tag team, the Killer Bees. Jumping J, anything for Brian? I'm I'm busy trying to Google that uh, that tidbit of information so I can get some uh, some B gear. I have a, a ton of stuff. <laughs> you guys are uh, jumping on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I have a ton for of your audience. Come on, come on, come on, Jay. It's okay, audience, okay. Man. Host hosts aren't don't qualify for that. Brian, I do have a question for you. Um, sure. I know I know tonight's supposed to be about tag team wrestling, but you can't talk '80s wrestling without talking about Hulk Hogan and. The fun fact that I heard is that you actually broke Hogan in and were his was his very first opponent in his very first match. Is that true? I didn't break him in, no. Uh, I was his first match, yes. Did we train together? 100%. And, well, no, I can't say even say 100% because a lot of stuff happened. He was a super destroyer. He had his first match with with me. He was one of only three people over three summers. Well, I was there three and a half summers. Um, uh, Terry was there for two and a half summers because I had to go back to college. I'm younger than these guys. Um, um, and they came, I started at a very early age in wrestling. And these guys started at, a, uh, another person I'm talking about is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Um, out of the three of us, uh, during those summers, well over a hundred people came, and nobody stayed. They, we, I mean, we went through the most grueling, hard, and people don't realize how much Terry went through, brother. I mean, I'm serious, and how much Orndorff. I mean, these guys, and I was there. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, brutal. I mean, you're talking about. 500 Hindu squats, 500 uh, push-ups, 100 sets, 100 at a time. You're talking about going in after doing that. That's what we got up to, and we had to stay there at the by by the th- uh, third month of the summer, and it, you had to stay there for that entire month. And then you went in and you wrestled amateur until there was no somebody had to quit and you had to be there for at least 10 minutes and nothing. How many people can amateur wrestle for 10 minutes? So obviously we weren't, we were kind of learning to work a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that we'd go get stretched hero and then Carl got, and, um, um, Oh, Gordon Nelson. I mean, um, people that, know uh, know how to stretch you and turn you into a knot they would then come teach us jujitsu so we were learning all this stuff because eddie graham never wanted one of the guys to get their ass kicked 
But anyway, yes, Hogan was uh, early part of uh, of my career, his career. It was it was wonderful. And Brian, wonderful was there too. Brian, as, as a as a performer uh, in the WWF in the eighties, real quickly talk about how important it was to be on the same card as Hulk Hogan in the eighties. You know, back then there was an A town, a B town, and a C town. Sometimes, how important was it uh, financially to be on the show Hogan was on in in, in, in his run in the eighties? Well. Um, that's a great, uh, I, I'm glad you just asked me that. That's a tremendous question, Tom. Um, I, I'd really honestly have to look back because we main evented a lot of B and C towns and, or semi mained and we got a lot of great payoffs, but I also would go to the, we would go to the cap center and be, you know, um, fourth or fifth down the card um, sold out and make a great payday. Um, I'm talking about back then, you want uh, 300,000 bucks was what we were making. And, um, you know, merchandise, I mean, that, that was a lot of money. Real quickly, Brian, I want to. I'm perfect. I'm happy that you said that because that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. Is you know, obviously you 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 had a, a long career before the WWF, but once you got there, all of a sudden you started getting LJN figures. You started getting posters. You started getting T-shirts. Walk us through that time frame because this is the middle of the WWF boom period during the the highest of the WWF. You guys are right in the dead center of it, WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 4. As a performer coming there, and then all of a sudden you're now nationally famous with dolls and T-shirts and action figures, lead us, uh, talk to us a little bit about that going through that at that time. And don't forget about Cindy Lauper and, and oh, you know, Lou Albano yeah. and, you know, the whole music Revolution with Liberace coming to Cincinnati. I mean, you put you put that together. I mean, that's what really. That's why I talk about respect. Just very quickly, I, I say this. I go, you know, I still I still wrestle. I go to places. Um, I don't have time to to announce my dates. I'll be on my website, or I mean, um, either they'll be on my. Uh, killerbees.net uh, site or um, uh, the Killer Bees site. Um, but I have several bookings coming up in, um, in towns that we all worked in um, during this time. But um, uh, help me out here. Where, where was I going with uh, the, the question? We were talking about the LGN figures, the, the, so the many, action you figures. You guys have so many sure. memories. I'm going crazy right, right now. Anyway, just uh, thinking about all this stuff. Um, the, the 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 action figures were uh, uh, made us realize we were there. We had the Circle K cards. There was the games with the Circle Ks all over the nation. Uh, we were in Cracker Jack boxes. We were in. Uh, I have so many gimmicks that most people don't even know that we were in. And. Um, uh, Vince was making a lot of money off of this, and I, you know, I have no bones. I mean, I made a great living. Um, could we have been, you know, yeah, you can argue a, a bunch, of, bunch of different things, but I have nothing negative to say about Vince. I just want to say that the '80s shaped what wrestling is today, and if anybody can doubt that, um, please tell me. I mean, I don't care who. I, I, I mean, because. Vince took the best from the territories and, you know, he created, um, you know, uh, uh, WrestleMania one. He, I mean, I worked for Vince senior, uh, for a couple of years, two different times. He sent me to Japan the first time I spent two and a half years of my life in Japan. Like I said earlier, I mean, I've got a long connection there, but to see that more of the eighties, I, I mean, uh, the mid eighties and the early nine, the, you know, the 84 to, I would say 84 to 89 was peak. And, you know, you got 
89 to 95 with Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. I mean, it just kept peaking, but it all started with the 80s. And if every if Vince wouldn't assemble the best talent that he could have assembled and robbed the territories for the best talent and cherry picked it, he did all the right things. He was one. He was one of the smartest businessmen, or he is the smartest businessman in professional wrestling that will probably ever be. I mean, he is the king in making the business what it is, and and nobody can deny that. Hogan was the kingpin. Hogan was the person that was the kingpin that made. 80s and everything about it and I have to give him most of the credit but he couldn't do it alone without people like Paul Orndorff the the people that he had my favorite feud was him and and Paul Orndorff without a doubt um, Uh, gentlemen the lines are blowing up Brian I'm yeah, the lines are blown up. We have somebody on the line, Matt. I want to pick him up. He's got, a, he's got hopefully an answer to uh, B. Brian Blair's trivia question. Matt, welcome to 80s Wrestling Radio. You're on the air with B. Brian Blair. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Mr. Blair. A honor and privilege to be able to speak with you. How are you? How's everybody doing? Oh, my, my pleasure to speak with you, Matt. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned the timekeeper, and I think I may have an answer. Was his name Mark Eaton? I'm sorry, one more time. My phone just... Um... Mark Mark Eaton, Y-E-A-T-O-N. Mark Eaton, was he the timekeeper? No, he was not. Or perhaps Tony Chimmel? No, he was not. Hmm. Matt, do you know any other timekeepers? Unfortunately, only get one guess. I can't believe I can't believe nobody's nobody's Googled timekeepers uh, <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. Oh, I didn't know Matt, as long as we have you on the air, do you have another question for B. Brian Blair? Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask uh, Mr. Blair, and the question that popped in my head was, what was the feeling like memories knowing that? WrestleMania three, you were on before the main event. I mean, I've heard of dark matches, low card, mid card, and high card. You were on highest of high card in front of ninety three thousand people. What was it like? Um, it was pretty awesome to be wheeled out in a um, really semi modified golf cart <laughs> uh, uh, with that many people looking up at them and realizing that you were in a semi-modified pair of underwear. It was pretty <laughs> nerve-wracking. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing. It was, it was the most electrifying time of my life. I mean, other than maybe watching my child get born, you know, uh, it, it, it was in in my sports life. It was the epitome of, as my good buddy the Hawk would say, Matt, thank you so much for calling. We we appreciate it. Uh, Jay, we'll take one more call for, for Brian. Then uh, Brian's got to run. We're going to get John Arezzi on the line. So let's get one more call for, oh, for Brian. John. Right he's a good man. John Arezzi. Oh, he's good. Man. Hello. He's welcome man. to 80s Wrestling Radio. You're on with B. Brian Blair. Who is this? Hey, this is Cole from Westville, New Jersey. Hey, Cole. Cole welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be back. <laughs> I love New Jersey. I'm going to be in New Jersey. Uh, I'll be on, in New Jersey on um, the 17th of April for uh, IWA Loud and Proud. Is it, I believe it's the Oh, 17th. awesome, man. I, I'm booked every weekend in April, but I think it's the 17th. I'm, or maybe it's the 13th. <laughs> I think it's the 13th. I'm sorry. Um, and then we have the Cauliflower Alley Club, um, the, the greatest reunion on earth from April 
29th to May 31st. Go to cauliflowerallyclub.org and check that out because you can go and you can have the greatest time of your life. Go ahead. Cole, any questions Any questions for Brian? Yes. Uh, earlier today in uh, preparation to the show, I was watching a match between the Killer Bees versus Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton. And, uh, <laughs> I remember that. Wow. <laughs> Go, Colt. Go, yeah. go, man. Great memories. Go. You All right. Got so, me buzzing, I, man. The hive's alive. We're, I'm, I'm, my toes are tapping. You know, my, uh, my wings are flapping, and my jaws just a jacking. So I'm ready for some, uh, some, uh, some pollen from you. Some information. Let's give it to me, Colt. All right. All right. My question is. Um, how was it like meshing styles like that? Cause you know, you got like a big horse in Don Morocco and then you had a real technical guy like cowboy Bob Orton, you know, was it hard, you know, switching up your styles to make the match flow differently? That was a nightmare that's a, for them. Guys. That's, yeah. That's a great question. Cole, but beauty of the guys that were on top in the territories that work 300 days a, a year for, um, eight, Seven, fifteen years before they worked. Everybody knew how to work everybody's style. So when you were in the ring with Morocco, you did Morocco's thing. When you were in the ring with Orton, you had to know what he did best. So as a babyface, when we made a comeback, by me personally, I had to know who I was going to get the the most reaction from the crowd from who was there first um i mean but i knew that they were both going to be there and that's a that's a big thing and i knew that they were going to put me through hell to get that comeback and or and jimmy and um you, you know i tagged with with lots of people depending on whether we're pre-killer bees or after killer or killer bees, but uh, that one was with killer bees, and uh, Jimmy went through the same thing I did, and um, uh, fortunately I had worked with those two guys a, a whole bunch of times in Florida, and uh, in the territories, and, and I, man, we can never lose that preservation. That I, I appreciate you guys keeping the '80s alive. That's amazing. Um, Tories as well is is so interesting you know when you talk about the 80s nobody they were all robbed from the territories it's it's amazing uh, mid 80s but uh anyway uh to answer your question there were it, it was harmony to work with uh with um Rocco and with orton jr um Orton Jr., I'll see him in April at the Cauliflower Alley Club at our 54th reunion. He won the last cribbage tournament, um, uh, came in second for two years before that, and he, so he's the defending champion. And uh, it'll, be, it, it'll be the who's who of wrestling at the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, 54th reunion. But, uh, Cole, oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, is there any, any more people on, on hold? Nope, that was it. Um, we did have one person oh. text in an answer uh, as far as the timekeeper goes, and their guess was Mike McGurk. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. It was not. It was, I, I'll give you one last uh, hint. He um, had a big mustache. Um, he wound up... Um, in a wheelchair. Um, he had glasses. He had kind of long hair. Um, not real long, but uh, so long, slick back. And um, what else can I say about him? Man, I, I'm not even going to tell you. I can't even believe nobody recognizes this guy as important as he was to so many people don't understand from the timekeeper to the person with the lights to everything they're important but back then uh everybody knew uh, whether it was Mel Phillips uh sure you know you know they knew the name 
Williams in Madison Square Garden. Or even the referees, Dick Worley. In Madison Square Garden, Dick Worley. Whoever was in Madison Square Garden, you knew their name if they were involved. So, all right, guys, it's it's bedtime for me. Um, I'm on. Yeah, Eastern Brian, time. we'll have you we'll have you we'll have you on again in the future. Talk to you again. We appreciate you coming on. Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, uh, anytime. Um, all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Brian. Brian thank you very so much. much. God bless you guys. There you go. B. Brian Blair, one half of the Killer Bees. It's fun talking a little 80s tag team wrestling with B. Brian Blair. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about uh, 80s Wrestling Con coming up on Saturday, April the 27th. I know we talked a lot about it last week. I just wanted to give you a couple updates. I'll probably do that every Monday. I'll give updates on, on new things that has happened throughout the week for the convention. So that a couple news bits for 80s Wrestling Con. Uh, a lot of people over the weekend were uh, emailing us. Bruce Pritchard has uh, re-signed with the WWE. He's actually be, I believe, the head of creative for, for Raw. And a lot of people were asking if he, if he was still going to be at 80s Wrestling Con. He is. He will be there. So uh, and you can actually still win lunch with Bruce Pritchard at 80s Wrestling Con. Anyone that buys the 80s Wrestling Fan Dream Experience VIP package will be automatically entered for the chance to have lunch with Bruce. So you can head over to 80swrestlingcon.com for more information on that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched that he's still going to be there, Jay, you know. That is that is a big personality. That will be fun to get to meet him, ask him some questions about not only wrestling in the 80s, the 90s, but um, his podcast is huge and just, you know, what he has in store for his future. What a, what a great conversation that would be. Sure. So, yeah, Bruce Pritchard still will be at 80s Wrestling Con, and the opportunity to win lunch with Bruce Pritchard is still going on. So we're excited about that. Also, and we made a promotional deal with the very popular radio show, Busted Open Radio. Um, so we're going to be doing a promotion with them. They're going to be appearing live at 80s Wrestling Con, which is really cool. Uh, and uh, we're going to be uh, appearing on their radio show as well. We're going to have some of the guests that will be appearing at the convention on the show to promote it. We do some ticket giveaways and some other fun stuff with them. So stay tuned for updates on uh, 80s Wrestling Con and Bust Open Radio. But they are on board with us, and uh, we're really excited to have them. And also, I uh, just got done finalizing a deal with WrestleZone.com, which is one of the big, uh, very big, professional wrestling websites on the internet. Uh, they're going to be appearing live at 80s Wrestling Con as well. We're going to be doing a big promotion with WrestleZone. More information on that deal will be available next week, but we're going to be doing some fun stuff with WrestleZone as well. So I uh, just wanted to announce that and let everyone know that we're... Oh, and uh, Ronnie Garvin, Rugged Ronnie Garvin, will also be appearing at 80s Wrestling Con uh, one of the vendors is bringing him in. So, uh, Ronnie Garvin is added to the list of guests appearing at Indies Wrestling Con. And the nice thing about the, the Wrestling Con is you can go with the VIP package, Tommy, but you can also just get a ticket into the show and then kind of pick which superstars you want to meet and greet. And really, the entrance price into the con is extremely affordable. Uh, it's twenty bucks. I mean, it, that's that's dirt cheap. And then what well, you said, you, you you are right about picking and choosing who you want. But if you're going to wind up getting six, seven guys, or even maybe six guys, getting a photo with them and a, a picture with them, um, you're better off getting the the '80s wrestling fan dream experience VIP package because for two hundred and ninety nine dollars, you get entrance into the convention, plus you get twenty one autograph ops and 21 photo ops of all our guests. I mean, that's really, really cheap if you think about it. So if you're going to get a few, you're gonna, if you're going to spend money on a few photo ops and a few um, autograph ops, you're better off just getting the VIP packet. So all, all that information for, for all that stuff is under the purchase ticket section on 80swrestlingcon.com. But you can, like I said, you can pick and choose who you are on the website. We have a online uh, ticket store now on there, so you can actually purchase it right off the website. So if you want to just, you know, if, you, if you're not interested in the VIP package and you just want to get a mission and then pick and choose a couple autographs you want, you can do that as well. It's all under the 
purchase ticket uh, purchase ticket section now on the website. But but the truth is, Tommy, once you start looking at who's coming to this thing as far as the superstars go, how can you leave anybody off the list? You're you're best going off of that VIP package. Uh, if you would go and and pick everybody individually, that's almost a six hundred dollar value, and you're selling it for what did you say two ninety nine? Yeah, two ninety nine. So yeah, it, it, it's gonna be twenty one stars there. Jim Powers and Paul Roma, the Young Stallions are gonna be there. King Kong Bundy, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, the Nasty Boys, Slick, Bruce Pritchard, Jake the Snake, Roberts, Lanny Poffo, Bob Orton, Wendy Richter, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, it's, Tony Atlas, Rocky Johnson, Coco Beware, the Warlord and Barbarian, Ken Patera and the Wild Samoans. Plus there's gonna be some vendor guests there as well. Again, all the information you can find on 80swrestlingcon.com. It's absolutely amazing. And speaking of the 80s Wrestling Con, our next guest, uh, who's waiting on hold right now, uh, has a little something to do with that, Con. Um, I'm going to bring him on the air now. Are you ready, Tommy? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Hello, welcome to hey. 80s Wrestling Radio. Hey, how John, you guys doing tonight? Hey, John, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. What a lineup you've assembled for this. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, uh, real quickly, be- before we jump into what we uh, want to talk about, anyone out there that doesn't know who John Arezzi is, uh, John Arezzi is actually the originator of pro wrestling conventions. When I was uh, just a young kid and uh, started going to these things, the first one I went to, it, it was John's convention in, uh, in New York, and it was Bruno Sammartino and Larry Sabisco reuniting uh, for the first time in many, many, many years. And Jushin Thunderliger from Japan was there as well. I, I, I remember it very well. Wendy Richter was there, Ivan Koloff. And I, I never went to any of these kind of events before. So and you, you're you're a 15-year-old kid, and you're walking into this thing, and your jaw just drops and hits the ground. You, walk, you look around, there's tables all around people selling wrestling merchandise and wrestlers taking pictures and signing autographs. It was like you were a kid on Christmas morning. So I was in all I was in all the entire thing. And um at that time I started writing a wrestling newsletter. I was in I was a freshman in high school and I had numbers from some of the wrestlers uh for interviewing them. A local wrestler in New Jersey who wrestled briefly for WWF as part of the Hillbillies, cousin Luke, he would help me out getting some interviews and, and stuff like that. So after I left John's convention, I said to myself, well, hey, I can run a convention too. I mean, I was six, at that point, I was probably 16. I had no clue what I had numbers from interviewing these guys. So I actually, I actually did it. And I was 16. I had like, I had like 200 people there, um, which was a big concern. I was 16. And I never forget a couple of weeks before the, the show, this is how great John is. John is the biggest convention promoter ever. I'm the only one at the time and here's a 16 year old kid doing a convention. He actually let me come on his radio show with that. At the time it was called Pro Wrestling Spotlight and he let me talk for a couple minutes and promote the show. He didn't charge me nothing. He did it for free and um, after John stopped running conventions, I got more involved into it and as I got a little bit older and more experienced I, I did several conventions that were that were very successful and I recently found John on, on Twitter. I mean, John joined a couple months ago, and I, I, I DM'd him, and I, I thanked him. I, I thanked him for, you know, being the one that, that started that and doing that because I never would have done a convention in my life if it wasn't for going to his conventions. And his conventions were just so awesome. So I just wanted to, to let everyone know the backstory on 80s Wrestling Con coming up on April 27th. There, there would be no 80s Wrestling Con if it wasn't for – you know, John Arezzi being the originator of these and starting these and me, you know, basically stealing his idea. But uh, now I can pay tribute to it. So I just want to let everyone know that John's the originator. And also, like I mentioned, the Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show was gigantic. I'm I'm from New Jersey, so up in this area, you know, that that show was gigantic at the time. So I just wanted to make a brief introduction of who John was. And, John, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Well, that was very cool, Tommy. I really appreciate that and those kind words. I mean, yeah, you were just a young kid, and and uh, uh, my doing the conventions and the radio show, and you know, I always tried to do these things to um, to give the fans like really unique experiences and and 
uh, you're a testament to, you know, what the beauty of that was. I mean, you went in there, you were impressed, you saw legends for the first time up close and personal, got autographs, and it motivated you to start a business at that very young age, which is kind of reminiscent of how I, I started in a different way, but I was a teenager when I started Blassie fan club when I was uh, 14 years old. So you got in the game almost about the, at the same age as I did. So, um, you know, your passion. John, real, 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 real briefly before we get into the news, can you talk to us a little bit about starting Fred Blassie's fan club and how that all came about? Well, I mean, I was a fan of Fred. I read about him in all the newsstand wrestling magazines and uh, what a, you know, what a great heel he was at the time. Uh, and I read about all the injuries he overcame, and uh, he caused riots in New Jersey against Bruno. He caused riots in Japan against Ricky Dozan. And it was just kind of that that admiration for a guy like Blassie. And then I seen him live at Madison Square Garden for the first time in 1971 against Pedro Morales. And I never saw a, a reaction to a heel or anybody when he came into the ring. It was pure hatred and fear from the fans. And when he uh, worked against Morales, I mean, the place was in a frenzy. But I admired him. I was in the middle of this chaotic scene, but I'm like, I want to start a fan club for that guy. And and I started (laughs) it. So I mean that's what really kind of got me in the business, and Freddie was so great. Did you did you, ask, did you did he know about it? Did you ask him if you can do it? Well, what I did what I did is I I, um, I I was reading the magazines, and they always had these fan club columns in the back of the magazines, and I'd read about all of these great fan clubs for the guys, and I read about a guy named Jeff Walton who used to have Blassie's fan club, so I wrote a permission slip up, and when Blassie wrestled Morales in 1971. Me being this kid with, you know, I had no fear for whatever reason. I don't know. I went to the dressing room, and I wanted to get in to meet Fred Blassie to have him sign a permission slip. I get stopped by the security guards, uh, and one of them kind of took a liking to me. He just thought I was really ballsy. So he took the slip, and he took it in the dressing room, and five minutes later he came out and it was signed and filled out, signed by Fred Blassie. But me being a little bit of a skeptic, uh, I was like, I wonder if this is really his signature. So I sent it to Jeff Walton in California, who used to run his fan club. And lo and behold, he wrote me back. And there was no emails or scanning. It was through snail mail. It was through the mail. I get a letter back from Walton with the permission slip back. And yes, it was Fred Blassie's autograph. So I started the newsletter. I started writing these bulletins, uh, these little uh, monthly king of men is what I call the, the newsletter. Uh, and I sent it to Jeff Walton to send to Fred, and and uh, so Fred started receiving the the newsletters. And then I got a letter from him uh, on March the eighth, nineteen seventy three. Uh, he was going to wrestle against Morales again at Madison Square Garden on March twenty third, and he invited me uh, backstage. And I still have the letter. So I mean that, and he was very gracious. I got backstage for the first time as a fifteen year old kid, and got to meet Fred, did an interview with him, and. And that kind of gave me a lot of confidence to say, you know what, maybe I could do something in this crazy business, even as a teenager, awesome. like like you did. That's awesome. Jay, any, any questions for Don? This is incredible. I'm just listening to this story. I'm thinking this is before the Internet. Like you said, this was snail mail for a 14-year-old kid to have this kind of drive and passion for the business that you're willing to go to these kind of lengths to get this done. That's remarkable. I, I'm very taken back and impressed by that. Well, thank you so much. I mean, uh, you know, it just led to led to me being, uh, you know, taking pictures to ringside, selling pictures to magazines. So, I, I mean, my, my career in this industry, uh, even though I, it hasn't been an entire 45-year run, I've been doing it on and off for about 45 years. So, uh, awesome. and, and getting back into it, uh, which really was not something I had considered when I left wrestling in 1996, I... I put it in the rearview mirror, and that was going to be the end of it to me as far as being in the business. I changed my name and all and everything. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, just a few months ago, in November, that uh, I, I got back in it. And wait, wait, um, you said you changed. What do you mean you changed your name? I left wrestling and changed my name. Uh, I, I I I wanted to kind of disappear from the business, so I changed it professionally, not legally. Wow. 
And, I never knew that. Um, no, I mean, a lot of people don't. See, a lot of people thought I was dead <laughs> because I disappeared for 25 years. Um, John, people thought I was dead. There, there a lot was of a couple... said I, I might have been in witness protection, you know, so I was like, I was a mystery, <laughs> a lot of people. There, there was a couple times I tried to find you on – just out of curiosity, I tried like, to type your name in on Facebook to try and find you. I always wondered what happened to you. That's why when you, when you popped up on, on – uh, on Twitter, uh, and I was I was really happy to see and, and happy I got to be able to get a hold of you. And, and anyone that knows me personally knows how important this upcoming convention is for me, Amy's Wrestling Con. I, I'm really putting everything I have into this and just dedicating every second I have to it, to be honest with you. So I really wanted it to be special and wanted to have you there. So, I, I, like I said, I reached out to John and invited him to come and, and, and be a part of it just because if it wasn't for, for John doing those and me going there as a young kid, I never would have found out about these. I never would have did them. So uh, I think it's cool to to, to have you there, John, and, and, and I know that we're, we're playing back and forth with ideas of what to do and we yeah. finally got it, and it's a big one, and yeah. that's why John's on the show tonight. And uh, I think now's a good time to talk about that. Sure, I really appreciate the opportunity. I can't wait uh, for April the twenty seventh. Uh, since I got back into the business uh, three months ago, uh, I didn't realize how important my time in the business was to some people, and it really warmed my heart. You know, people like yourself who've reached out and uh, I have been getting a lot of opportunities from a lot of different people over the last few months. And uh, I'm in negotiations to do a lot of different things, but I think there's been a clamoring for me to kind of have a voice back in the business. And uh, this year marks the 30th anniversary of the pro wrestling spotlight radio show debuting uh, on WNYG radio initially on April 9th, uh, 1989. So what I've decided to do, and I've talked to partners, i got a distributor lined up now. I can't mention who that is yet, uh, but I'm going to start a podcast uh, that's going to launch actually at your convention, and uh, it's going to be called Pro Wrestling Spotlight Then and Now because I saved all of the shows and all of the interviews from 30 years ago, and I'm going to be sharing that via the podcast and the now part of it is going to be me trying to locate the guests that were on the show 30 years ago bring them back for a little bit of a retrospective Uh, but in this this first episode that'll be actually uh, recorded at 80s WrestleCon uh, George Napolitano who has been a uh, just a tremendous friend and someone who was a mentor for me back in the day. And he's been in the business even longer than me. So um, I want to focus it around uh, how wrestling was covered 30 years ago and also what's happening in the business today. So um, I'd like to get a podcast with uh, maybe a few of your guests that are going to be around, whoever may be available, but George there, and just kind of reminisce a little bit and kick off that podcast. Uh, right at your convention, so it's my it's my pleasure to do that because the Northeast is where my radio show was prominent, and the performers that you have at your convention, many of them I worked with either as a promoter when I promoted overseas tours, or every one of them it seems. Uh, were guests on Pro Wrestling Spotlight at one time or another. So uh, I can't wait till April the 27th, Tommy. Awesome. And and, and that's big news uh, for 80s Wrestling Con. Pro Wrestling Spotlight is returning, uh, and it's going to be returning live at 80s Wrestling Con. They're going to be taping it live there. We'll definitely get you a, a couple of the stars appearing on the show over to your booth to uh, to, to, to uh, come on the show. And also, John will be uh, there as well, too, uh, meet old yeah. fans that he hasn't seen in a long time. So uh, definitely, definitely, definitely nice addition to 80s Wrestling Con. And uh, John, I just want to let you know that that's not all you're going to be doing uh, on April 27th because I got something up my sleeve that you didn't know about and I figured now is probably a good opportunity that I can tell you because I wanted to tell you before the convention. So 
I might as well just tell you uh, right here on the show. Um, like, like I said, it, it was important to me to have you there at this upcoming event just because of what your events meant to me as, as, a, as a young teenager, going to them. And uh, I wanted to do something special for you for the impact you made on me as, as a teenager coming to your shows. So uh, I put together a little something for 80s Wrestling Con, and uh, we're going to give you a special award that day, and it's going to be the Convention Promoter of Champions Award on April the 27th at 80s Wrestling Con. just wanted to let you know that. But I got uh, some cold chills here happening right now, my friend. That is amazing. <laughs> That's, uh, that is so freaking cool for you to do that. And, um, wow, I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. But, wow, I am uh, – I'm excited. I'm I'm thrilled. It's it's cool. Thank I, I got you, something cool. I got. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And I actually got something cool to tell you. Presenting you with the Convention Promoter of Champions Award is your good buddy George Napolitano. Get out of town. <laughs> I had it no all way. set up already, man. <laughs> yes, sir. That made it even more special. I mean. George um, George introduced me to so many people. I traveled up and down the road with George Napolitano as a teenager. I mean, I was 16, 17 years old, and, you know, we're in Dallas. We're in St. Louis. And um, George has done incredible things for me in my life. And uh, to have him present this honor is um, – it's, it's going to be very, very special. Very, very special. Jumping Jay, what do you think about that? I kept you in the loop on that one. Listen, man, you caught me off guard, and I'm sitting here like a fan just listening to you two talk, and I'm getting goose pimples over here listening to this. This is, this is good stuff, you guys. This is a this is an emotional moment here. It is. It is very much. <laughs> it's it's important that uh, it's important that everyone knows that, that 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 John is actually the convention promoter of champions. So I want everyone to know that. Uh, it will be officially uh, awarded that at 80s Wrestling Con because if it wasn't for those conventions, uh, and and cause a, lot, a lot of people, John, that 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 didn't know about your conventions, would say to me like, uh, you know, you know, you know, Greg Price that does uh, that does the one, the big one, NWA Fan Fest in in North Carolina, real 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 really good shows. Yeah, I I don't know him personally, but I know of those. Uh, I know of his yeah. events. He, he, he actually gives me credit for inspiring him to to and wow. his his shows are his 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 shows are always tremendous and I have I've been to a couple of them I, I have I have all the respect in the world for the shows he puts on he does excellent shows and he was actually saying that my events inspired him which was awesome but the truth be told is that if it wasn't for you there there wouldn't be anyone running shows so that's why it's important for me to to uh, to do this for you at at this event so. It wasn't for for you. There wouldn't have been me doing any shows for someone like that to get inspired. But just wanted to do something special for you and make it special for you because this is the first time you actually done anything in wrestling in a, in a very long time as well. Yeah, I've not made any public appearances at all. So this is the very first one. Um, I went to a show uh, that Conan invited me uh, to a few weeks ago, but nothing like this. I mean, I know there's wrestle cons out there, and you're there's so many events everywhere. Uh, but you having um, having me there as a guest, and now presenting me with an award at your convention, um, it really means a lot to me. And I, I, uh, I, just think, I, I think I think too I think too it's probably a little special for you because you know the meaning behind this convention is stemming from something yeah. that you started. So, and then, and yeah, so I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I'm really looking forward to having you a part of it, John. Well, I can't wait, my friend. And, uh, uh, I will be, uh, talking it up. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting quite a bit of a following on the Twitter, uh, which is growing pretty rapidly. And I, I, I want to meet everybody at your convention. Uh, the listeners of Pro Wrestling Spotlight that are still out there that I still now hear from again <clears throat> on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, a lot of them from the Northeast area. This could be kind of like a fun reunion for all of us to kind of get together at WrestleCon, at 80s WrestleCon, and uh, 
on April 27th. And, man, I can't wait to uh, see everybody again and meet uh, hopefully some new fans to some of the things I plan on doing this year. Because, Tommy, I mean, this is this is kind of, for me, your show is kind of the first step out there. But there's so many things that are coming my way unexpectedly that um, I think I'm going to provide the wrestling fans uh, this year and hopefully with many years after that, some great memories, some great content, that I've saved everything I've ever done in the wrestling business. And now it's time to put those archives out. And what a better way to start than to have the very first uh, part of this new journey, uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight, that I now actually do its first broadcast from your convention. Well, let, let me tell you something, John. If, if, you, if you blow up and you're really big and really successful and really famous, you don't forget to give me the – the, the, the nudge on your way back in, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it, my friend. <laughs> hey, John, it was great talking to you, and we'll catch up to you. Hopefully, we'll get you back on before the convention and talk some more to you. Sounds great, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, have John. Have a great night. And there you have it, John Arezzi, the creator of the Weekend of Champions and Pro Wrestling Spotlight. He's returning with this person spotlight radio show live at 80s wrestling com big news dropping here tonight on 80s wrestling radio exclusive exclusive see anyone that's coming to the convention has to listen to the radio show because i'm getting exclusive on that tonight and also uh wrestle zone as well and busted open radio the uh the format that he's bringing that show back with the then and now how cool is that that he, we're going to be listening cool. to some old stuff, and then he's going to try to bring back those same guests and kind of have a look back, a retrospective of what uh, was going through their mind at that time and kind of how they view wrestling now as they're kind of looking back. Um, that is very cool. I really look forward to catching some of those shows. Um, okay, man, and Jay, the other thing is... Jay doesn't, he have, does, Jay, doesn't he have a great radio voice, by the way? He's made for this, man. He's, got, he's made for this. You could sit great. there and you could listen to that... All night long. He's got a great radio um, if you're a wrestling fan and if you have not checked out his Twitter page yet, you need to do yourself a favor and do that. I was oh, on it earlier follow, today. Yeah. He has got some ultra rare photos that he took himself ringside to some of the coolest matches and some of the greatest men- venues. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, you need to follow him on Twitter and just see the stuff that he's starting to put out there. And I feel like after hearing his announcement tonight, I feel like the stuff he's putting out there is just kind of a teaser, just kind of something to get people's interested into seeing what his new show will be all about. And I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Awesome. I'll tell you what, that, that's, we're, at, we're at a time for tonight on uh, 80s Wrestling Radio. Great episode. Killer Bees, B, Brian Blair, and John Arezzi joining us tonight. Sorry for uh, a lot of the calls we weren't able to get to tonight. Um, things rolled pretty quick tonight. We will try and keep the format to having just one guest on uh, going forward to uh, make more time for the, for the callers. But uh, until next week, me and, uh, me and Jumpin' Jay here are going to talk about what the topic's going to be here who the guest is going to be. And you can always find out who that's going to be by following us on our social media pages. On Instagram, it's at 80s Wrestling Picks, P-I-C-S. On Twitter, it's the same thing without the S at the end, so just 80s Wrestling Pick. And on Facebook, just type in 80s Wrestling Picks. Jay, anything else before we uh, head out tonight? That's it. No, man. What a show. What an exciting show. We could have both of those guests on another show and just dedicate the whole show to talking just to one of those men. Um, We we didn't even, we didn't even scratch the surface of what John Arezzi has contributed to the world of professional wrestling. And so he would be an interesting topic for a whole show. No doubt about it. Absolutely. And, uh, and and same with Brian and there's so much stuff we didn't talk about with him as well, but, uh, we can have those guys definitely on again in the future, and uh, look forward to some more. Hey, hey, listen, if they're if they're if they're willing to come on the air at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night, they're keepers. <laughs> You're right about that. You're right about that. Because some some something's telling me that getting some of these '80s guys on at, at eleven o'clock at night, eleven thirty at night, they're going to hang up on you when you ask them. So. Well, yeah, we'll probably have to wake. We'll have to wake them up. We got to take whoever we can get. No, no disrespect to, to, to Brian Blair. John, John no, Arizzi, tonight was. They're cool. Look, they're, tonight's going to be tough cool to talk. To come on that late. 
I'm yeah, tonight's sure gonna be tough to top. The stories that B. Brian Blair has, I mean, we could spend a week with that guy on the radio as well. He's got stories about Andre the Giant, Rudy Piper. I mean, he's basically seen everything. So maybe maybe we'll talk about you know what, Jay? How about maybe next week we talk about how about wrestling managers? How's that for a topic? Eighties wrestling Ooh. managers for next next Monday night. That's a good one. That's a great one. If, yeah, if you're if you're listening, 80s wrestling managers. Yep. If you if you've made it this far, if you're still up with us, the number again is three two three nine two seven two nine five three. Next week, the greatest wrestling managers of the 80s. What a topic. Good one, Tommy. Yes, sir. Until next week, guys. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you on social media throughout the week, and then we'll catch you back here next Monday, 11 p.m. Eastern Central Time for 80s Wrestling Radio. Oh, um.